And welcome back to the Forever Broken Podcast. I'm coming live from my camper. And uh, I am Derek Thompson. Uh, today we're going to be answering some big questions. Uh, like, where does light come from? And uh, other such questions, because I can't really think anything more. Who came in Jack? Uh, <laughs> we'll just keep that one going there. Uh, with me, as always, is TJ Davidson, and we have a special guest. And TJ, why do you not introduce him, sir? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm TJ. Tonight we have a very special guest and good friend of mine, Ethan Pendleton. Ethan, go ahead and uh, explain yourself. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for having me on. I don't know about special, but I'll be. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm a guest. We'll put it that way. Uh, me and TJ have been good friends ever since we were little kids, but uh, for podcast sake, I'm on uh, uh, Goldsby Fire Department. It's a volunteer fire department, and I know that you guys have been doing this podcast talking about mental health and uh, just things that guys, first responders, military, all that stuff that guys get into, and uh, I'm happy to be here and uh, let you guys know what kind of goes on around this area hell yeah that's what i like to hear man uh we were just talking before the show about kind of your district in your area why don't you go ahead and kind of explain that a little bit for the listeners so they kind of have an idea because it's not very usual i guess to most people to think of a volunteer department having like a large call volume sure uh well i'm, I'm sure you guys know because uh, with tj being on the the uh, Washington Fire Department. We're we're just north of TJ's district, and uh, in between Washington and Norman, Oklahoma, and we have a 76 mile, 76 square mile district that we run with um, the Riverwind Casino that's in it, and seven miles of I-35 that runs through it, as well as a couple different state highways that run through it. So we have, and it's a it's a very big uh, growing community right now. Uh, everything's kind of booming, and a lot of people are moving out from the from the big city, trying to get get away from everything, come out to the country, and it's it's turning into a situation where I mean, honestly, probably we we probably need to go full time. Um, but as of right now, it's just a bunch of guys still doing the volunteer thing. So it's all just guys that are on call 24 seven and you know, whoever's available at the time when the call goes out, uh, get to the station and do what we need to do. All them city folk fucking killing our vibe. Yeah, they are kind of fucking it up a little bit. Cause you know, they, they come here, everybody gets a, everybody gets them an acre and thinks they got a farm and wants to live that good old country life, but wants to bring all their city city nothing against city people but fucking trying to bring it out here they want street lights and curbs and asphalt roads everywhere and you know it is what it is yeah let's just be honest here uh country roads better road yeah i mean it's it's kind of you know from from people that have been out here for all the time that we've been out here it's kind of one of those things where it's uh it's been kind of a utopia for us living the lifestyle that we do. And, uh, you know, that's how we kind of want to keep it. But on the fire department side of it, you know, you look at it, 
because I enjoy doing the things that I do and being part of that fire department. I'm, I'm very proud to be uh, part of this department and we get, uh, we get very good funding. We have, obviously, because the way the town is growing and stuff, uh, a lot of support and like I said, our, our funding's pretty good. So we have really good equipment, um, a lot of call volume for a volunteer fire department and uh it, it it's a pretty good it's a pretty good experience to be what a do you of. run what do you run typically in a year for calls do you know uh well let's like i started back in 2010 and uh back then i'd say we probably we probably averaged about 300 calls a year and they were you know few and far between and shortly before i got on because Goldsby wasn't always a EMS fire department. It was just a right. fire-only service. So it was, it was pretty slow. But uh, once we, we started out and they became a basic life support fire department, uh, the call volume jumped up quite a bit. I mean, we're probably pushing 600 calls right now for the year. And That's pretty it's, it's, just, it's, it's not going to do anything but increase. Because we have, I mean, excuse me, there's probably a, oh, at least another, probably at least 6,000 homes supposed to be developed in the next probably 10 years. And I could Jeez. be incorrect on that, but it's, it's I mean, it's close. just, it's growing, you know, <clears throat> and, the, and there's, there's one spot that is supposed to eventually be kind of kind of become its own self-sustained town in an addition and there's been rumor of even putting another uh station two in that in that addition because it's supposed to have its own grocery store or gas station it's got its yeah, own I mean, pizzeria bar it's yeah, probably to help with insurance and what have you. Having yeah. a department that close probably going to be tremendous and helping yeah. that too. So I mean, in the future, if if we don't, I mean, if we don't go full time, then we'll at least be a combination fire department where we have, you know, a a, a select few of uh, full time staff mixed with right. uh, still having all volunteer. Yeah, that's kind of Carney, uh, Nebraska, which is like ninety thousand people. That's how they still run theirs. I don't agree with it. Oh, that, yeah. With that city of city of that size, just horseshit. Really? But wow. yeah, uh, they've got paid engineers, and then the rest of the departments uh, volunteer. But they also don't run EMS. Uh, the uh-huh. hospital there runs it. So, uh, but it's just it doesn't make any sense to have a city that size and you're running. Volunteer nah, department. I mean, crazy. <laughs> like, well, it's mind mind boggling to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's that is a massive amount of people. But we have uh, in our district, we have three separate EMS services. Uh, just the way the districts broke up, we have uh, Norman, Emstat that comes so far in, and then we have Wadley's EMS from the south end I'm, I'm sorry yeah uh mstat is the northern half and, and and wadley's is the southern half and then uh to the west we have mclean grady and actually because evan my brother would be a good one to have on this podcast as well he's uh he just got promoted he's a supervisor now for wadley's ems but we uh 
we do all our, I mean, any kind of advanced life support or medical transportation or anything like that gets done with, with them pretty much most of the time. We, we run on a little bit of stuff. We have a, a right as you cross the river from Norman and come into our district, we have a dirt bike track and a go-kart racing track as well. So, I mean, it's like constant broken femurs all the time. Yeah, they oh, yeah. do uh, drift events there too. You can take your drift cars yes. out there and do drift events there. Yeah, oh, that's pretty sweet. Uh, of course, like Norman on the Norman side of the river, there's that big uh, homeless encampment, and then but it it trickles over to both sides. So we get there's a lot of it's it's a it's a great big long bridge that goes across the Canadian River in between our two districts, and uh, there's there's some stuff that usually goes on under that bridge that gets pretty wild. But yeah, they're always mething around. Yeah, I hate yeah, when they're, they're mething that. around. Yep, they do that all the time. So, so with uh, your, like you said, your volunteer department, uh, something that we've kind of noticed in Nebraska at least, and I think it's pretty well uh, countrywide, is that there's kind of a lack of people that want to volunteer. Do you are you guys seeing kind of any effects from, you know, well, God, you know, twenty years ago when it was more common than now, it's less and less common for jobs to allow people to go volunteer and you seen the effects of any of that well uh one thing that i have noticed for sure is the lack of people coming just in general to be a part of it right and uh and because I, I i don't know if it's because they get here, they get there and they realize that it is a volunteer fire department or just I don't. I mean, a lot of people that are moving out here, no, nobody's interested in that, and and that goes, you know, with this volunteer fire department side. It always kind of, you know, with TJ, me, like we live in these small towns, like a bunch that, a a, a bunch, a big part of that uh, vibe is community, right. and and you just kind of don't really. I I can't speak for Washington, although it kind of seems like it's veered towards the same direction as the way Goldsby has. Uh, you, you just don't see that as much. I mean, we've had some new guys come along, but, uh, I mean, I'm I'm genuinely kind of worried about when a lot of these guys that have been on for 20-plus years, because any day now they're going to start retiring. And, you know, a lot of these younger guys, myself included, is going to have to step up and, you know, start filling in filling in the spots where these guys are leaving from and yeah definitely I mean once again myself included lots of guys with the way things are anymore with it being a volunteer fire department is it's pretty hard to you know give give up that much time and effort and energy to right to do all the stuff that's required to you know all the behind the scenes stuff that that these you know like our we have a you know like our our assistant chief our fire chief we had fire administrator mm -hmm. uh and then our you know like a captain and all that stuff there's all these things that go on with like grants and you know buying trucks and getting equipment you know all that stuff that goes on that we just you know we just show up to you know we do our monthly meetings we have two meetings a month and 
you know, all the calls you make, all that stuff. I mean, like everything that's there is due to these guys and the county commissioners. And, you know, it's just, it's just all this big clockwork effect of everybody trying to get all this stuff put together. But, I mean, it takes a right. lot of time and effort to make all that stuff happen. And it's hard for guys. I mean, you know, I don't I – don't, I can't say that I could honestly sit there and spend, you know, hours a week – to you know to dedicate to stuff like this but it, it, the only problem with it is you're not seeing guys these younger guys like these 18 year old 19 year old guys that are signing up to do this stuff i think so another thing you, with that too is it's not oh, go it's ahead, not as PJ. beneficial it's not as beneficial for these younger guys to come in to a volunteer department because a lot of the uh allure to it initially is to get some experience, get some training, get some certifications, and then eventually move on to a full-time paid department. But here recently, I'm sure it still helps a little bit to get that experience and some of those certifications, but especially with the way things are going now where, you know, nobody wants to work kind of a thing. They're just hiring people that come in and apply. Or it's like the good old boy system where, you know, well, my cousin's brother's, fucking uncle wants to come on. Oh, yeah, fuck it, let's hire him. You're like, you know, you know this guy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, for me, when when I first got on with Goldsby, I mean, I, I had that exact mentality. I, I, I wanted to go full-time with Norman, Oklahoma City, Edmond, something like that. So I th- it was, well, me and another guy that were trying to do the same thing. We, we, we set out, and he actually – set all this up and said, hey, let's go, because we both lived in the town of Goldsby. He said, let's go down here to Goldsby and talk to them and see what we can do. Because I've always been one, if I'm going to do something, I'd like to at least have somewhat of a clue of what I'm doing. So if I, if I can get on with this volunteer fire department, because I thought, well, again, not knowing anything about the fire service, I thought, well, we'll get on and you know, kind of see a little show, you know, get, get a little glimpse of what's, what it's all about. And then I got on and, you know, they, they put me through firefighter one, firefighter two, hazmat awareness, hazmat operations, EMT basic, uh, vehicle extrication, flammable gas training. I mean, like you name it, they've put me through it. Everything, up until like you start getting into like a advanced EMT or a paramedic level, they kind of take care of. And right. I was like, man. And then also with that came all the experience of like, oh crap, I didn't know. Like this is because everybody thinks, oh firefighter, you go <clears throat> fight fire, and that it just wasn't the case because. You know, it it took me like I was probably on because, like I said, the call volume was down quite a bit when I first got on, and then it it was mostly like medical calls and and at the time I worked at a vet's office that was fairly close to the fire station and they give you a radio and when you're basically you're just on twenty four hour call and if that radio goes off you try and get to the station and so. I'd be at work or something and that radio would go off and boy, you know, I'd, I'd clock out and they, cause they, they were kind enough. They understood that and they'd let me go 
and so I'd clock out and I'd go to the station, go on the call, and come back. And it was pretty slow for about the, really the first, like, almost two years that I was on. And then something changed, and it was just, it just got crazy after that. And, like, because I remember thinking, like, well, you know, it's not as uh, glorified, I guess you'd say, as I thought it was. And then all that changed, and I thought, oh, okay, well, the glorified stuff is, it's happening now, but it's not as glorified as what you set out to, you know, what you thought it would be. Yeah, we kind of talked about that with uh, Nick Wingo on the episode, where, like, people don't really get the real picture of what firefighting is. Uh, They don't know about the EMS calls. They don't know about everything that's involved in it. I mean, we see the movies. We see everything. And it is the greatest job on earth. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's not all it's cracked up to be people these kids that sign up for it they're not prepared for what's actually involved in it and i think we have to start doing better about preparing them for that and mental the mental game that comes with it because there there is there's a lot of things that you see that you're going to not want to see when you're in it and preparing them to be ready for that i mean it's a challenge, but it needs to be addressed at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and that's what, uh, you know, I'd been on a couple of deaths that were medical related, you know, like elderly people, you know, someone calls in, we haven't heard from so-and-so in a long time and all that stuff. So we go, you know, they send us out to an address and we check on it and they'd been deceased, you know, stuff like that. And then I remember the first uh, fatality on I-35 that I'd been on, and I was like, what the fuck? Because it was it was two pedestrians that had been struck by a vehicle on I-35. And I thought, well, I remember in route, because like I had kind of become discouraged in a way whenever I first started and I thought it's not everything I thought it would be and then when it finally happened I thought oh shit it's everything I thought it would be but what it is is not what I thought it was and uh the biggest part for me is when we got on scene because like you know all the stuff that you see on scene when you're on a car wreck it's it's pretty wild stuff you know and it's you know not you take it for what it is but that one call for me, it was that one there because when we got on scene, it, what it was is a guy had pulled over on I-35 to help his, or he saw somebody, what he thought was broke down on I-35. So he pulled over. He had his wife and his four-year-old daughter in the car with him. And he was walking to go help these people and a Honda Accord had lost control because she was doing something, she looked up, saw people out in the road because the two people that he had stopped to help, turns out, were fighting in the middle of I-35. And uh, anyway, so she lost control, and when she she swerved, and by the time it was all said and done, he ended up or she ended up hitting him, the guy that stopped to help, and one other guy that was in the in the 
original vehicle that had stopped to help, or that were fighting in I-35. And, uh, but the biggest part to me was like the family aspect of it where the guy's wife and daughter were in the car. And when we got on scene, she was out there in the bar ditch and had him laid across her lap and she was holding that four-year-old little girl. And, you know, it just went on from there, but. That's pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, naturally, I mean, it's it's traumatic, you know, and people just don't understand that side of things. They don't understand that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's easy to hear that there's death around the job, surrounding the job, but it's another thing to actually have to see it and until you've witnessed it and seen it and you deal with it on like a daily basis or semi-daily basis. It's just hard to know what it's like yeah and that's and that's how it was for me i mean like, but once but once that happened because i was like wow okay that was my that was my first big one you know and i went ahead and i took it as it was and i was like okay this this is something that i do even though that was bad i do want to keep pursuing this and uh again like being on a being on a, I'm very fortunate to be on a good volunteer fire department. They put me through lots of training and several classes and all kinds of stuff, and we're and we're very involved in the community, and, it, and you know everything's clicking real good, and uh, it's just one of them things that you kind of learn to live with, and I was fine with it for quite a while, and then. I'll tell you what changed for me though is when I had my little girl, and I don't know what it is about that, but that has <clears throat> changed it for me. I mean, almost like a 180, almost. I mean, I still I still love doing it, and I absolutely want to be a part of it. But like every single call just hits a little different now, and I I don't know if that I I don't know that's kind of one of these things with this podcast and like all the different people you talk to it's I'm kind of curious myself to see if anybody else has experienced that to where it, I mean it just changed it yeah man kids make you a big old pussy yeah it's, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean that's, that's pretty that's much it because without saying it I think you kind of start imagining <clears throat> all the different things that would change if you weren't around or if you were in that situation or if it was your kid in that situation or you know what if you, the what ifs just amplify tenfold yeah. once you have a kid you know and it's it is it did it doesn't make you a baby you know like i had uh, i've got three kids and every time we'd go on a call you know we we got a call and it was like a girl my daughter's age out at a place where my daughter frequents and i just was like freaking out inside you know, and it does. It just, you can't stop what ifing. Yeah. When you, when you have kids, it's, it sucks. It's a, it's a very weird thing. Well, and that, and that's always been my biggest problem. I mean, the, the what if aspect of it, but what I kind of always do is when I'm on calls like that and stuff is, is I do, I put myself in that scenario. I'm like, what, I mean, what if that was me? 
and yeah, you know, if, or if that was my my kid. And, and but what's what's crazy about it though is it's it's not only that. I mean, it's, it's with any call. Like if that was like what if like I mean if it's some guy at the casino that had a rough night and got hammered drunk, and then this is a good one got beat up by Israeli commandos. That, right. was, that was a call we got one night. That's wild. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, well, when you, that's what that's how the call came out. Oklahoma gets wild, man. You yeah, don't even know. I mean, you just you never do know. But then when we got on scene, it was some dude that had just been drinking and gambling all night, and he said the wrong thing to some wrong group of guys, and they just kicked the shit out of him. You know, <laughs> right? But it so. was Israeli commandos came in. I'm like, oh boy, this this would be kind of cool to see. I've never seen any Israeli commandos before. <laughs> So this would be kind of cool. It'd be interesting. Which, of course, you know, you, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you got can't go on scene. You got to make sure the scene's secure and all that stuff by law enforcement and all that. No, there was no Israeli commandos there at all. But I was like, no, that's pussy shit. Well, securing the scene. Who does that? One of them might have owned a gas station, but could have, could have. Close enough. But uh, which I mean, that was that was before that call. For example, was before I, you know, kind of started giving a shit because I thought it was all just awesome the whole time. But you look at it now and you're like, well, hell, I've been that drunk before. Where, right? I mean, you don't know what's going on. You might have thought some Israeli commandos might have kicked your ass. Yeah, what if I lipped off and it was an Israeli commando? You never know, man. Or you just promise in my someone's. I promise in my mind, I think I'm going to win that fight. Yeah. You're, he's going to? Oh, yeah, every time. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. As, yeah. as I'm drunk, I'm winning that fight every time because I think I'm winning that fight. Even if I lose the fight, I'm going to think I won. Hell, yeah. I'll just call TJ. Yeah. That shit happens call, when you're that drunk, dude. too. I got these mm-hmm. fucking Israeli commandos over here. Come get me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, come get Roger me, Peppa. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, I mean that's, I mean that's that's pretty much it for me. I mean, as far as like, uh, I know you guys are big on like PTSD and stuff, and uh, the process we have, we have we have we have a chaplain. He's a Oklahoma City, a retired Oklahoma City police officer, and uh, you know. Back to kind of the small community. It's, well, it's Greg, if I can say his name, can I say his name? Yeah, yeah. It's Greg Giltner. It's Haley's dad. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I've you know I've never called him, and uh, you know, speaking of that, because like I I finally had my one my one breakdown, probably about a year ago, and we were at a. I don't know if it's Fourth of July party. It was some party we were having over at my wife's parents' house over at my in-laws, and uh, her grandpa is a retired police officer as well. And so we were we were sitting there talking stories and stuff. And there was another family friend that was there, and uh, I, I was I started telling them about that story with the four-year-old little girl and her dad that got hit on the highway, and. I just broke. I just broke down. I couldn't even. I just choked. Choked up. Couldn't even get through the story, and you know, got embarrassed and all that. Cause I mean, that's how it is. 
And uh, it was probably, oh, I don't know, a couple months after that, and we all loaded up and went to Florida, and we went with that family friend. He's a, he's a pharmacist. And I said, hey, man, I, I just want to let you know I'm, I apologized. You know, I was, like, I was like, I'm sorry about the other, that night, you know, that I was telling you that story, and I just I couldn't get through it because I was, I, was, I was crying. And uh, he ended up, uh, you know, sitting with me and, talking with me for a real long which he's you know he doesn't have any kind of experience in that field or anything but he was just somebody that listened and you know talked me through it and all that stuff and it ended and, that, and that's one thing you know I know a lot of guys don't have the luxury that I have of having a lot of very supportive very understanding people in their lives I mean that's a, that's a huge part of it you know yep and I mean, you know, guys, I, I hate to keep going back to that small town mentality and stuff, but like, you know, a lot of people that, you know, that we know all move, yourself included, you know, like everybody moved off for a long time, went to the military, went and did this, went and did that. And there was like nobody here, but a lot right. of guys have come back, you know? So I, I, I've able, I've been able to reconnect with a lot of my friends from back in the day because you know I don't you know I'm all friended up now I don't need new ones you know I like having my old ones and they're you right. know a lot of them are coming back and they're very supportive and and even the you know new ones that I've met throughout my life I just have a lot of su supportive people in my life so that's that's one big thing that helps quite a bit yep so have a wife anything like that me yeah 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 I got I got a wife and a four-year-old little girl that's what I was. I just didn't want to. I was gonna like. Uh, I'm gonna dive into this thing. He's gonna be like, I'm divorced. And I'm like, fuck. I'm an asshole. Uh, no, you're good, man. Cool. She, she's put. She's put up with my shit this long, so I'm not yeah, divorced yet. Yeah, just about. whenever she gets tired yeah, yeah. of putting up with me, I'm. Hell yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about. Still so here. How, so. how do you go about like talking to her about any of this, or do you, or like, how do you deal with things on the home front? I guess is what I'm trying well, to get. See, I mean, this is actually pretty ironic right now because we I actually had this conversation with my wife last night. And uh, she's yes. like, well, why? Well, back to that. Let me let me reiterate that story in Florida. That was, uh, it was 4th of July when we were down there. And me and Jay, the guy that was with me, everybody went down to the beach to see the big fireworks show and all that stuff. Well, me and him missed it. And she's always wanted to know. She's like, "Why did you? Why were you guys not there? Like, what were y'all doing?" And I was like, "Well, I said he just talked to me about some stuff with the fire department and all that stuff." And she's like, "Well, like you can talk to me about that, you know." And I'm like, "I, I mean, I know that I could, right? But I've seen, I've I've seen enough stuff and all all this stuff that we go through." Me personally, I, I just I don't want them knowing about it. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't because uh, I mean it'll never be the same as like actually experiencing it for them. But if they were to, you know, maybe dream of it or you know, it, it hinders things. It, like you you think like with like back to kids and stuff. You say, oh well, you know, I'm not gonna let my little girl ride out in the front in the street in the front yard because. I don't want to see what happens if uh, you know some asshole comes around the corner, 
too fast because right. you've seen it and you know what that actually looks like. And you're like, and because like, you know, we've been in arguments before. And she's like, well, because my little girl's not allowed in the front yard unless we are there. Yep. You know, but she can go in the backyard. She can play all that stuff. I said, you're not allowed in that front yard. And my wife's like, why? And I'm like, well, that's why. Yeah, I dealt with that every single day. Yeah. Like, you're just way too overprotective. And I'm like, I might be, but I'd rather be overprotective than having something like that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather be safe and, I mean, than sorry. Yeah. yeah. But she, I mean, she has openly said, I mean, well, again, this was last night, so it's pretty fresh on my mind. Like, she's willing and wants to talk to me about this stuff, but I myself don't want to tell her. So that's one of those things we talked about with the, in the Nick Wingo episode. If you get a chance and you, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. Um, but we talked about okay. that. And it's not that you... Um, he had a specific name for it. I can't remember what it was. It was like censored uh, statements. Or uh, sanitized sanitized, sanitized statements. statements. Yeah. And basically the idea behind that is you just give like a very brief overview of like, say you had a bad day. Like you had a kid die or something like that or you had a death uh-huh. you know you just give like that very brief statement you say this is what happened because then you're at least offering them the ability and the opportunity to help because when we don't do that we're not allowing them the opportunity to help us and as our partners that's kind of their job you know we're yeah. there to look out for each other. And when we're taking that away from them, we're taking away a part of ourselves by doing that. So it's yeah. just one of those things that I kind of agreed with him on. Um, I like, I'm with you wholeheartedly. I don't want to go into detail about that stuff with my significant other. I don't want to like put them th- through it. Uh, but I also know that I'm not going to be my best at home if I'm not willing to be open completely and that's something i've had to work on tremendously over the last well i'm still working on it you know you just have to keep building on and building on but and we're always learning in life but at least giving them the opportunity to understand what you do and then giving them the chance to just say even if it's just them saying i'm sorry you had a bad day you know at least then they've heard you you know they've heard you everything's acknowledged on both sides yeah well and that's and and that's great hearing that because i mean she i know i can tell that she wants to and you know back to being like a small town volunteer firefighter because most people think small town volunteer firefighters you know it's two chucks and a truck and you, you know we'll go fight a grass fire We'll do, you know, like a couple, but here and there calls and stuff, but people don't realize that we're doing the same thing that a full-time firefighter is doing, you know, minus like, you know, like serious hazmat calls and, you know, stuff like that. But right. I mean, it's usually a volume difference. Well, I mean, yeah, but then, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, hazmat's only about the only thing I can think of different that we like if we had a massive massive because we also have a giant oil refinery in our district that you know could go at any time and right. if it does i mean 
it's one of those deals where it's going to be like all hands on deck. Right. And, you know, but it's, you might have, it's one of those deals too, where because you might have 20 guys show up or you might have four guys show up. Yep. You know, and, but everything that comes with being a firefighter, like we're, that's, we're doing it. Yeah. So I think another thing too, like uh, Derek was saying that you need to at least give sanitized statements to your significant other whenever that way they can have the opportunity to help you along with that is you might not realize it, but once you, when you see something like that and you're dealing with a situation like that, you're going to be a little bit standoffish, probably a little bit quiet and don't really, you're not going to be yourself when you're at home. And then sometimes they might think that's like you're mad at them or it's something they did, you know? So if, if you're just open with them, that it might eliminate some of the marital issues. Yeah, anything that comes with that and something else that kind of prevents is us bearing our emotions, you know, because I think, like we've talked about, I think a million times on the show now, I mean, as men, we're taught just to stuff our emotions down, bury it, and fucking deal with it and move on, like be a man, you know, and that's kind of what we're here to hopefully help change a little bit is be emotional, have emotions, understand that that's all right. Even if it's just a matter of saying, look, I'm sad. Like, it was a bad day. I'm sad. That's that's something, you know. And it kind of takes some of the pressure off your shoulder of knowing, oh, fuck. Because we all think we're, like, these great actors. Like, I came home, and I was just like, oh, I was chipper Dan all day. You know, I was fucking hunky-dory. And they're like, no, no, you weren't, you jackass. <laughs> You sat there, you drank 14 beers, and you saw, like, wallowed in self-pity. And you're like, no, I didn't. I'm a man. Or why why are you snapping? Why are you so short? Yeah, Yeah. you know, we do that shit, and we don't think about it. So even just allowing the opportunity to just say, say, hey, this is how I'm feeling emotionally right now. Um, You know, that's like, that's a good start. I think that's probably the best thing we can do. Well, and that's what, I mean, because, again, for me, because, I mean, like, me and you have had talks before, you know, the stuff you've done and seen, the stuff I've done and seen. And, again, I'm very fortunate in my life to have people that I can call on for that. And I know you I know you guys, I mean, even with this podcast, like, you guys are making that, that effort to be that person for people. and I, And I think that's great. But, I mean, that's 90% of the time, that's all it is, is just, I mean, just someone to talk to. Man, that's been, like, the biggest thing for me. And, you know, I say it a lot on this show especially, but, like, just sitting there and talking about shit that you've been through, shit you've seen, stuff that's happened to you, whatever, with other people who understand it. Yeah. You know, because I could sit here and talk about stuff, you know, to people that... You know, they're a fucking accountant somewhere. You know, they've never done anything with, uh, like, first responder or military or anything like that. So they they have no experience with it. And they'll be like, oh, fuck, that's crazy, man. It sucks, you know. But talking with somebody who's done the same shit, you know, chewed the same dirt as you, as they say, really does fucking make a difference. You know, and because, I mean, shit, I've been through 
I don't know how many therapists, and I, I talk to them, and they don't fucking, I mean, they hear a lot of fucking stories that are real similar to mine. Right. And I'm like, yeah, well, that, you know, that sucks. And, like, I've, I hear a lot of shit. Like, a lot of guys say the same thing you're saying. But if you can just sit back, drink a beer, and have a conversation with someone who's done that, it just, and someone that, like, truly gets it, then it really does make a difference. Like, it, it helps me a lot. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and uh, let me let me ask you guys this, too. Uh, like how 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 far were y'all into it? Because I mean, I went several years before you even knew that you had a issue. I mean, like I was, you kind of. I was probably three and a half years into it, uh, and it was more or less just like my wife at the time said I was being an asshole. And, you know, I took that with a grain of salt because it yeah. was, well, she's now my ex-wife, you know. Uh, so, you know, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And I was just still in the Marine Corps, you know. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't got a problem. No. Went and did the shit. It probably didn't really kick in here. God. I think, I think I noticed I was having a problem probably eight years later. And then it took damn near 12 years before I finally just ha- hit like my breaking point. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I seriously need help. And, you know, it's been a wild ride, man. <laughs> you fucking ended up in a behavioral health unit. And it was a great time, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, Hell yeah. Sounds like it. But you're there with my kind of people. You know what I mean? Bro, it was my kind of pee. I had a fucking blast, honestly. I fucking, they were trying to give me all these meds. I was super jealous of my roommate because they gave him meds and all he did was sleep for fucking like 18 hours. That's when like, he was like, he was drooling on himself. Yeah, I need, I was like, I need, I need whatever he, that guy got, man. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there and they're like, you tired yet? And I was like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm like fucking two in the morning. He's like, ah, I guess I'm uh, done reading. I'm going to go try to lay down for a minute. Came back out at like 5.30, and I was like, um, excuse me, guys, can I get some coffee? She goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I just want some coffee. said, I was really expecting you to sleep longer. I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, I was just having a blast, man. I was reading and talking to people, all these crazy people and shit. It was, it was great. He was socializing. Yeah, yeah. You make it makes you feel like you 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 know you talk to some people that really have issues or like deeper issues, and you're just like, yeah, I'm not so fucked up. Well, for me, it was really funny because like you know I, I got out of the Marine Corps and I moved back home. I didn't really come home very often while I was there just because I didn't have the time. But uh, I come home and then like hearing the stories from my family and close friends of like, yeah, man, like when you when you first got home, like. You were just fucking different, man. Like you were, like you were crazy. Like you didn't hardly like you just were not yourself, like at all. And I was like, huh, that's funny to hear that from fucking everybody, because I didn't notice it. You know what I mean? Like to me, I was just me. And then, like hearing stories, like, well, do you remember that one time that we were sitting there and, you know, at this restaurant and someone slammed the door and you fucking about kicked the shit out of them? And I'm like, yeah, like motherfucker. And they're like, no, like that's not a that's not normal behavior. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Yeah. You know, I can vouch for that, man. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, uh, it, 
I won't go into detail or anything, but you, yeah, you were you were pretty, pretty dark there for a while, and somebody walks I mean, in, they're like, "God bless you, sir," and you're like, "Suck my dick, bitch! Get the fuck off of me!" <laughs> yeah, bless these nuts, cunt. <laughs> you fucking met him. That's how he was back in junior high. Yeah, yeah, that was just a. He was always day. like that. Yeah, yeah, Papa. Yeah, yeah. Teacher walked in. He was like, "How about you lick these balls, teach?" <laughs> How would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Gerson? <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I, you know, that's one of those deals right there. Because when you, when you got back, you know, it took, it took you a little bit. And you, and you got back into loved real, ones. And like people, the real know. fucking world. Yeah. But, you know, got a good job and. I mean, once you, it's all about finding that click, you know, because when he, TJ's, TJ's found, you found your click, you know, you're clicking right now. That's, you know, oh, different kind of clicking? Yeah. Well, okay. They got pills for that now. Yeah. Maybe. Clicking the remote, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. He's taking too many of these other ones. Full mass right now. We talking about about penis pills? (laughs) Get that thing out of my face. But uh, take 17 I mean, or 20 penis pills, and then all of a sudden they call you an addict. <laughs> yeah. God. But, I mean, he, you know, once he once he kind of got back in the groove of things, was, I mean, but I think, once again, a big part about that is being, you know, having people that you can call on and rely on. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? But to go along with that, I think that's something that everyone can learn from it. I mean, you know, we're talking about finding people that have a lot of similarities and everything, but um, it's easier for us to connect with those people because, you know, we're in pretty dramatic scenarios. But uh, just like with EMS, you know, we've seen people that are at their worst and we see everyone at their worst, but some people, the worst is different for everybody, uh, you know, so just because our experience is different doesn't mean they don't understand what we're going through. They just understand it differently than how we do. So like TJ said, say it's an accountant and you're talking to them, they can relate that to their worst day. You know, just because their worst day isn't the same as ours, it doesn't mean they're not relating to us. It's just one of those things. So we have to sit there and be, we can't be judgmental with people. And we can't make it a competition like it's, I think, often done where we're like, you know, well, especially like police and fire, you know, it's like cops are like, oh, yeah, well, I had this go on. And you're like, yeah, well, fucking suck my dick. I had this go on. Yeah. Like, it's fun. But, you know, at the same time, it's like we can't be serious about it. And that's the fun thing about like police and fire is it's it's, it's all in good, you know, good fun. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. you know. We have to, we really do. It goes for everyone. I think everyone out there can learn from just what we've been talking about, where talk to people and be open and have emotions and listen to the people around you, I mean, that know you best. Yeah, you know, don't be a pussy. If you're having issues, fucking talk about it with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Be a fucking man and express your feelings. Yeah, exactly. The fucking, you know, 
the whole thing about fucking this alpha male bullshit. Uh, fucking be a fucking be a wolf, not a fucking sheep. Fucking take your alpha male bullshit and shove it up your ass. You're not a fucking alpha male just because you go to the gym and you fucking squat 12 pounds. Like, no one gives a shit about that. A real man, somebody that can fucking sit there, be a parent, be a fucking husband, do the shit that they need to do, be open and emotional, and actually listen to what the word is, you know? Like, this whole idea that the only people that are alphas are people that are always in charge is, is kind of asinine. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing about that, too, is, like, I kind of prefer it that way, where people think I'm kind of a bitch because I'll talk about my feelings and stuff. But, you know, go ahead and fuck with me and see. We'll find out who the bitch is real quick. And I'm not trying to have like a hard ass. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm really good at getting my ass kicked. Like, there's there's a solid chance I'm going to lose that fucking fight. But and me too. What, what I'm saying is, is, like, they'll underestimate you and then, you know, go in all fucking cockstrong and then get fucking stroked off. I mean, beat up by beat off. someone. Yeah, beat off. I'll, I will jerk somebody off real fucking quick if I have to. I'd rather be I beat off and beat, beat up. off somebody. Well, you know, that's that, you know one thing about it too, because you know, I my dad, my dad, my grandpa, both of them, like my grandpa was in the Navy during the Korean War. My dad, he didn't he didn't do any military time, but I mean, both both guys though, if I if, if my goal in life is to ever be half of the man that either one of them guys was. And, you know, I, I can't do it because I've, I've seen both of those guys be more compassionate and understandable and forgiving to people that just needed to be kicked in the fucking teeth. I, I mean, I can't, I can't do that. But the, the patience... And all that stuff. I mean, that's just the kind of guys they were. Right. So in my life, like that, uh, I grew up. That that that's the kind of uprising that I was in. But then I hung out with this son of a bitch for, I don't know however fucking long. But also, I mean, back to that small town community and all that stuff. That's how everybody around here is exactly like that. You know, like if you, oh, you stubbed your toe, you gonna cry about it, you bitch. You know, or like playing volleyball like my my name i lived like every fucking weekend when i was over here at his parents house for like three fucking years it's longer than that it was much longer than that but i was trying to be i was trying to make myself look cooler but my name for a long fucking time was chicken shit (laughs) hey chicken shit go get me a beer hey chicken shit oh because like his parents have like they got a badass volleyball set up at, at, at his parents' house. And so, like, it was always, like, every weekend was big volleyball night, and everybody from everywhere would come and get just hammered and play volleyball. And it was always fucking chicken shit, you know. And so, <laughs> like, you know, it, but it's one of those things. So you're like, you're like, oh, I understand now. Like, I need to not be a bitch. You take all your fucking feelings like you were saying, just cram them the fuck down. If somebody has a problem with you or says something, because, I mean, there's most of the people that called me chicken shit, you're like, oh, yes, sir, I'm chicken shit. <laughs> but 
you know, every now and then right. one of them would get a little yeah, crazy sure. and be like, I'm going to call him chicken shit too. <laughs> well, no, you don't get to call me fucking chicken shit. But, and you kick their fucking teeth in or so, you know, whatever it is. But that That's is the, the mentality like... of this area is where you, yeah, you shove that. And, and as, I'm sure everywhere. I mean, that's just how it is with men. Like, you, yeah, you shove that stuff down because you're supposed to be a man. You're supposed to drink whiskey. Smoke cigars and suck yeah. dick every now and then. Yeah, wait. Just yeah. just no, yeah. like twice a year. Only smoke, no, that smoke came back to the cigars. whole, I would... Did I that start came that back to the whole, like I just want to be... I just want to be half a man. <laughs> but not have a full one in me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's the way it was. Yeah. I got confused. Well, I'll, in your defense there, chicken shit, I will say <laughs> that... <laughs> The hell only fucked with you until we got about 16, 17, and then the number of people that would fuck with you started diminishing very quickly because we started getting to where they couldn't fuck with us anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we started, we, we got into football and weightlifting, and then, yeah, that, that vibe kind of changed a little bit. Yeah. But, but like his dad, for example, I bet, I bet I, I haven't talked to your dad in, I don't know, quite a while. Yeah. Halloween, probably. So, my last time I saw him. But, uh, I bet I could go over there tomorrow, and he'd probably call me chicken shit. And I'd be like, hey, oh, whatever you say, whatever yeah, you say, chicken shit. Throw you a third. <laughs> yeah. But, I ain't there. <laughs> you know, but that, and that's how it is around here, you know? You just... See, that's the kind of dad I want to be, though, because I remember when I was like 17, 18, and I was getting, you know, bigger and stronger and shit. Like, I was like, you know what? Fuck you, old man. Like, I think I can take you. I thought fucking wrong. And it wasn't just like a little bit wrong. I was very goddamn wrong. Like, I think at the time I weighed like 210 pounds. And he just, he grabbed me by my shirt, twisted up and threw me like I weighed fucking two pounds. And I just remember flying through the air like, then bounced across the fucking gravel driveway. And I was like, God damn it. Well, I don't think I ever conversed with your dad until about three years after we started. Because he, first off, the guy looks like a very angry Santa Claus. <laughs> or, or, I mean, used hey. to. I, I don't know if he's still got a beard. Yeah. He's he's like a, he was like a jacked Kenny Rogers. Oh, that's a fucking better example. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's one of them guys you're just like, yes, sir. No, sir. I'm like, I came over here to spend the night. Why are we feeding cows and working on fucking trucks? <laughs> when we're 10 years old. Yeah, this shit sucks. <laughs> All I can say about my dad is I've got a better chance at beating Mike Tyson in a fight than trying to fight my dad. Like, especially right now. My dad's so fucking yoked out of his goddamn mind right now. It's yeah. stupid. We should fucking see that dude. He's just... Yeah. That's what I'm hoping I for. I tried like, fucking we, with him we... once, man. And it, it did not end well. <laughs> it never does. That's what I'm saying. Like, no. my son's not even fucking two years old yet. And, like... He's a big fucking little kid for his age, and he's goddamn strong as fuck. I'm like, bro, like, why the fuck are you this strong? Like, you're not, this isn't supposed to be a thing, you know? And I'm like, goddamn it, like, I gotta start fucking working out because by the time he's 10 years old, he's gonna be fucking rolling me up. I'm like, that shit ain't yeah, fucking I think happening. That's what, I think that's what keeps dads going, to be honest with you. It's like, I can't get right? punked by my kid. Like, yeah, you know what? Like, the only competition I have is myself and that little motherfucker yeah. coming up right there. Well, that's, yeah, what, that's where I'm at, man. I actually, 
not too long ago, had this conversation with my dad because he, <laughs> I was over there helping him fix fence out there at his place, and he said he was like, you know, he had one of them fence, them wire pullers. Oh yeah, pull together. fence stretchers. And he was, he goes, God dang it. He said, you know what? I think you're about twice as strong as I am. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, he's like, I watch you, and you just clink, you know, click that in, and he, and he was like. You could tell he was just pissed. He was pissed about it. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, I, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just how it is. Because I mean, but that's what every guy. I mean, I, I'll, I will for sure say, and I'm hoping for this because we're talking about our dads and stuff. Like, I don't know, we hit our 50s. Way things going now. We'll, uh, you got that testosterone stuff. We'll kick that in. We'll look fucking better in our 50s, maybe, maybe. Yeah. If we fucking make it that long. Right. I'm we'll, aging like fucking milk. I'll be happy to be alive by 50. Yeah, no shit. Exactly. <laughs> That's, I mean, I'm the same way. But, like, heaven help us if we're, say we're 55, and they're like, you know, you and you get your finger in the butt checkup or something, and they're like, oh, by the way, your testosterone's four. Needs to be about hey, whatever. Fun fact. Fun fact. My testosterone was uh, about that. <laughs> Well, that's good. I, had, it, I got it checked. Uh, I'm supposed to be on testosterone, so. Yeah. Well, see, that's, okay, so that's another thing right there, too, because, like, I got a buddy who is on at Oklahoma City Fire Department. I won't name his name or whatever, but, you know, they say, like, firefighters, construction workers, military, yeah. people that are up all the time, stress all the time, blah, blah. It, it happens more frequent. And... Yeah, basically. Derek, I, don't, I don't know how how old are you, Derek? It's thirty-two. Damn. Well, same age I am. Yeah, See, basically, it's like a good it's like stretching. Right it's a, it's like stretching a rubber band when you're under all that stress and that in uh, adrenaline all the time. You yeah. wear out your testosterone, so and you know you're where you're producing your adrenaline and your testosterone shit. You're stretching that shit so much. That you're yeah. kind of losing that stretch and that ability to return to normal. Yeah. So then you quit producing testosterone as much. That's why you see elevated numbers of like depression, anxiety, and PTSD yeah. and shit. Uh, and low well, testosterone and see, it, it, gets associated with that, but no one thinks of it. That's why, I mean, anyone going in the service or going in the fire department, I would highly recommend before you do get your test levels checked and then check it every year. Yeah. Cause that's what, I mean, but that goes back to, it's one of them deals too, where everybody, everybody just thinks you're being a bitch. Yeah. Like you're fucking tired all the time and you can't do this and that. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks you're just a lazy piece of shit. So you power through it and fucking 12 cups of coffee later. And you know, three monsters. energy drinks. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fucking ridiculous. But like my buddy that got on it, I mean, he's he's actually younger than we are, and his his were wiped out, and he got on that stuff. And it was that shit where they put them pellets in your butt cheek. But, oh hell yeah! I mean, he's been. He said it's helped him tenfold. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, but, well, I got so that, that's a big issue too. And it was tremendous. See, I—I I mean, I just want to go get mine tested because I don't. I mean, I—I I don't know if mine is low. 
I mean, but it could be. So the thing yeah, that's the fucking the that's the other fucking part that's that's why I'm saying people need to get their shit checked is because the range for testosterone's fucking huge. Like it's like average is like you know, 5 to 500 to 1000 or some shit. So as long as you fit within there somewhere, you could be at 500, but say your normal was 700 or 800, you're yeah. low. You know. Mine, the, you know, thankfully came back at 184, so I was well below low anyway. But, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I haven't been on it now in like three weeks, two weeks, something like that. And, I, you know, I get tired beating off, so. <laughs> yeah. It does get old. All right. I apologize, fellas. I got to step outside right quick. No, all good. All good. Um, all right, I'll be right while back. you're gone. That kind of opens up me and TJ here. Yeah, so, I mean, I tell people all the time, I'm like, man, you need to get your fucking test levels checked, dude. Like, people at work or some of my buddies will just sit there and and be like, God damn, I'm just always fucking tired all the time or I feel like shit. And uh, I'm like, yeah, just get your fucking levels checked, dude. And, like, there's there's a good possibility that you should be on some TRT, some of that, uh, what is that testosterone replacement therapy or whatever the fuck they call that? Yes, sir. But there's a what I was gonna say earlier is that's another huge issue with you know especially men in certain jobs like police, fire, EMS, military, and you know mainly I'm speaking of military here is if you do have something wrong and you need to go to medical to get it checked out everybody gives you shit for it and you get treated differently just for going to medical and getting your shit checked out. No, I can't say how many times that, you know, I've injured myself during PT or some training evolutions and I didn't fucking say shit about it because you get treated like a bitch instead of going to get it checked out. looks down on you instead of fucking looking out for you. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm like, man, fuck that. Fuck you. I'm taking care of my goddamn self. Like, I have a fucking life. I've got a family that I have to provide for and that I have to take care of. So I really don't give a goddamn who you are, what you say, or what you fucking think about me. So I'm taking care of my goddamn self now. And that's exactly. what I do. If I, if I fuck something up, I get it taken care of. And, you know, I, I'm kind of dealing with that even now because I recently had an injury. And, um... Anyways, I, I said something to, to my boss about it, and I was like, man, like, honestly, I don't even want to fucking tell you this, but, you know, I fucked my shoulder up, and I wouldn't have even said anything, and it was, it was the day after the injury happened before I said something, and the only reason I told him is because we had a big job coming up, and, you know, we have to lift some heavy weight or whatever to do it, and I'm like, there's no fucking way I can do that. I, can, I can't even lift my left arm. And, um, anyways, of course, anything involved with the government takes fucking forever to get taken care of but uh so about a month into it or whatever i get my mri results back and i tore my labrum i have tears in like all three or four uh, however many muscle groups you have in your rotator cuff they're all fucking torn and everybody's like well fuck guess you're fucked up and i'm like yeah like but fucking like of course i am like i know i was you know what i'm saying like y'all just want to fucking run your mouth and talk shit thinking that i'm trying to fuck the system over here you know what I'm saying? But, like, that's why I'm telling everybody, if, you, if you're if you fucked up, take care of yourself. Because nobody gives a fuck about you like you do. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, your job doesn't fucking care about you. Nobody else cares about you. You're just a fucking number to them. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. But on that note, though, I will say, like, my my job and my boss have actually been really great about the whole situation. So, like, I I, I know the way I came off was pretty shitty about them. Also, fuck your job and your boss. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry, if you fucking listen to this. Jerry's my supervisor. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking dick. I'm going to tell him to listen to this tomorrow. Yeah, you should. Well, we're about that point uh, where we (laughs) fucking start wrapping shit up. Uh, So we'll kind of go through uh, that. Uh, We'll do our little plugs and what shit have you here while we're thinking about it. And then uh, we'll dive in and let Ethan... Uh, give his wrap up of the episode. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, be sure to check us out on Facebook at the uh, Never Broken Society of Misfits. But we're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, yada yada yada. We're everywhere that you are, for the most part. Um, uh, we're just out here. Trying to make a name and get uh, mental health in the mainstream. Um, so please do check us out. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes or Spotify, give us five star. Uh, if you would leave a review, something of the sort, positive, negative, doesn't really fucking matter to me. Uh, it helps us to have honest feedback. Uh, if you think we suck, though, I may be a little bit offended uh, and I may get violent and aggressive but I, I'll just keep it on the podcast so I won't say anything to you in person um, that being said we'll cut back to Ethan uh, Ethan what we usually do here if you've listened to any episodes uh, is we do a kind of a daily wrap up of what you learned from the episode what you took from the episode um, we'll start with you and what you took from today's episode yes sir well uh First and foremost, I, I, uh, I mean the, the the biggest thing that I've gained from this podcast, and I've and I'm, I've listened to a couple of them, but uh, you know TJ talks about them a lot and all that stuff, and uh, I, I think it's great what you guys are doing and getting that getting that out there for guys that that need it and don't have people to turn to, so they can they can find this and and hear different guys' perspectives on things. And uh, I believe you guys are you guys are pretty good about uh, being in touch and stuff like that. So uh, I think that's a I think it's a great deal that you guys are doing. Um, but other than that, I mean like I I appreciate you guys having me on. I I do formally apologize cuz when this guy called me, he's talked about having me on a couple times, but every time he calls me, I'm already hammered. But hey, hey, be we like welcome that. being hammered. Uh, yeah, you can, well, a, you can come on for a drunken stories episode too. Well, I mean, we can get like we we can go pretty deep with it, you know. But uh, as far as like the uh, professional side of it, and and you know, talking about the cause and all that stuff, I mean, I'd I'd rather I'd, I'd like to be sober. For sober that. episode, that's why we have but, yeah, that's why we have the drunken <laughs> stories is for the deep bullshit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that's good. Cause so we'll hit that up too. He called me. I mean, he came and picked me up from my house today because I was like, "Well, dude, I'm 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 six ways from Sunday, 
and if you can come get me, I'll come do it. But then I gotta find me somebody to come pick me up, <laughs> take me home. <laughs> but you know, but uh, no, I mean honestly, the the thing you guys are doing, and I know, and I'm sure you do it too. But all the extracurricular stuff that TJ does on, uh, you know, helping with this, helping with this issue and getting it out there, and uh, not only, not only bringing it to the light for guys that are involved with this stuff, but also um, <clears throat> making people that don't know about this stuff how big of a issue that it actually is to people. So you have those people like we were talking about earlier that that don't know you know the circumstances or situations that we're that you know that we're put into but are still willing to sit there and talk to you about that uh i think that's a huge help and again i just i, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh love to talk to you guys in the future if we ever get a chance i'd, I'd, I'd love to get my brother evan on here because he'd be a good one to talk to as well because he's probably he he got on the department uh, quite a bit after me, but like I said, he ended up getting in with uh, Wadley's EMS, and he's a supervisor with them now, so he's probably already seen ten times the stuff that I've seen. So he'd be a good one to talk to as well. But I remember, so a few years ago, you called me, and it was like seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning, and I was drunk as shit the night before, and you're like, "Hey, we need somebody to play a casualty." over here for some training yeah and i was like all right man give me like 45 minutes i'll be there <laughs> yeah yeah get you a handful of tater chips and yeah. finish that last shot get over here we're about to do some uh vehicle extrication and patient care hell and, yeah that's perfect. and he, he'd fucking did you know what he fucking did it too he was there and he did it god damn right and uh yeah i mean that was that was a good well fuck that was rough for me and i i wasn't near as hammered as you were I wasn't near as hard. I, I might have been a little hungover. I'm pretty sure I was still drunk. This motherfucker was still drunk. <laughs> yeah. I was like, cool. He's I was like, this is a good boy. drunk driver scenario right here. This yeah, guy has hammered and gotten a wreck. It actually worked out pretty well. <laughs> Attaboy. I'm fucking proud of you. TJ, what'd you take from the episode today? Man, one thing that I want to say is like, you know, I know I'm sure I've said it before, is kind of like Ethan was saying, like how busy his department is, is when people think of volunteer firefighters, they just think a bunch of dumb hillbilly rednecks, which I mean, they're not wrong, but it's still, they still do the same shit and they still have a nine the, to five. Well, the, so they're doing the, the, the fire and, uh, EMS stuff on top of having a regular job and then trying to fit in their family time and everything else, and they have the same issues, you know, mental issues, depression, anxiety, PTSD, whatever it may be, as full-time departments. And people, I don't think people realize that. And that's also what I was kind of talking about on a few episodes back with, like, the National Guard. It's kind of the same thing. You know, we all give them shit. And, you know, like, you know, especially, like, National Guard-wise, is a little bit different from active service compared to, like, you know, uh, volunteer fire and full-time fire it's kind of oranges and apples but i mean they'll they'll do the same shit and I, I think people downplay it a lot and that's kind of an issue as, as well you know what i'm saying like you shouldn't don't be that cocksucker that thinks that just because they don't do it fucking all day every day full time that they don't have issues and that they don't fucking need help 
Yeah. Well, and 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 that's a big thing too because like uh, volunteer fire departments, because you got guys, you know, that e- either people lo- love them or hate them, you know, because of that reason right there. But you got to remember too, like these guys that are, uh, which again, I'm fortunate enough that I'm with a department that they put me through pretty much 95% of the training that I've been through. But even still, when you go through that training, I mean. Like, you got these guys that are out here working 40-plus hours a week. If not, you know, I mean, some of them working 80 hours a week. And then your one day off or your two days off, may it be a Friday or a Saturday or a Saturday and Sunday, you got to go to the local Votech or, or somewhere. Yeah. And you put your own time in and, and do these training classes. I mean, which with us, I mean, most of the stuff we do here in Oklahoma, it's a lot of it's through like OSU or something like that. And, uh, you know, but you're still, you're, you're putting in like a vehicle extrication class. I mean, that's, that's not just a, Hey, let's run down there and do that vehicle extrication class. No, it's three. It's, you know, vehicle extrication fundamentals, for example, is, you know, most times like a three-day class. Yeah, well, that's three eight to ten-hour days, not yeah. just like three-day class. You know, like it's right. It's not like a half-a-day deal. Yeah, and then when you and then when you're done with it, you guys guess what? It's Monday, and you go back to work. You know, and then at three o'clock in the morning, when that tone goes out, you gotta you gotta saddle up and go, unless you have a drinking problem like some of us. That sometimes you can't go. Right, but sometimes they don't, and sometimes they don't need to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't ask, don't tell. That's yeah. the thing, right? That's. Oh, yeah. that's I think that that's, is that's, 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 that's one drinkers. of our standard standard operating procedures is uh, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, for Goldsby Fire Department. Uh, but one I thing like I, I was going to say also for the uh, a takeaway here to wrap this whole episode up is for those of you that do listen and follow the Facebook page and everything else, tell your fucking friends about us. Tell them to check us out, follow us, and shit like that. We need more people to be involved in the Facebook group, more people to listen to the podcast, and just push it out as far and wide as you can. That way, we have the opportunity to help as many people as we can. And on that note also, if you do have any issues, hit us up. If you know us personally, send us a a text or call us. If you don't know us personally, hit us up on the... uh, on the Facebook, man, DM us and be like, hey, like, I need to talk to somebody. Like, there's always one of us available. We will we'll call you back or we'll, we'll message you back and see if you need to have a call or you can text us, whatever. You know, we'll give you our numbers. That's what we're yeah. here for. We're, we're here yeah, to help. Last I checked, my number's still on fucking Facebook. So if you guys need to uh, find the post or whatever, you can hit me up, send me a text. Because if you call me from some random ass number, I'm probably going to ignore it. Uh, if nothing else, leave a voicemail if you can't send me a text and I'll get back to you. I mean, pretty quick. So, uh, it's there. Reach out. Uh, I'm going to be here for you guys. We're all going to be here for you guys. Uh, that being said, um, I think you guys pretty well covered it, man. Uh, you volunteers do just as much, uh, maybe not as much training, but they do the same job. They're out there doing the same shit and they're doing it while having another job. They're still working full-time. They're still doing all this shit. They're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. And, you know, they're out there making a difference. So hopefully more people get interested in volunteering again. And we kind of change the 
attitude of, oh, it either has to fucking pay $217 an hour or fucking I ain't fucking showing up, you know? Yeah. Hopefully we can change that mentality and shit. But uh, like we always say, reach out and touch somebody. Um, If you guys reach out and touch enough people, we'll beat you off. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll spit it both hands. Hell yeah. I'll be going skiing soon. Master skier. Yeah. And that, I, I mean, I know, I know you're trying to end this, but I, I, I do, I'm, I'm glad that you just touched up on that kind of right there with younger guys that are maybe thinking about it. Uh, because, you know, it, it, it is something that you have to want to do. So I know right. a lot of apartments, again, I'm very fortunate, like we get $15 a call. You know, some, some departments don't get anything. Some departments get five dollars a call, you know. Some some departments get two dollars a call, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Oh, that yeah, that was actually something I was gonna ask you about too. Because yeah, I was gonna say our volunteers here uh, get X amount of dollars per call. So yeah, cool. I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all departmental. Yep, it's just it depends on uh, county money and taxpayer dollars and all that stuff. So I mean, yeah. we again, we just I've been very fortunate, but. Uh, I mean, guys that are, even if you are, if you're, I mean, if you're wanting to follow that path of, if you're wanting to be full time somewhere, I mean, it's definitely a good idea to go ahead and, I mean, just get you a taste of it, you know, because why, you know, if you want to go through all that and, because I've heard, I mean, I have several friends that are on full time departments and stuff, and I hear countless stories of guys that, you know, shit three weeks after the academy they just they they collapse and have breakdowns and stuff and which which is understandable because you know it's crazy well, stuff that we see it's a fucking shitty job I yeah mean. and uh but you know you get on a you get on a full-time or a volunteer fire department if you you know whatever area you live in if they if that option's available to you go ahead and take it man because you can not only help your community but Hop in there and get you a taste of it and see which see if you're truly see if you, interested in it. Yeah, see if you're fucking about it or not. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, dip your dick in just the tip, just exactly. For a minute just put and the tip in. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know, and it, and then if it's one of them deals where hell, you might find some good job in the oil patch or something, but you still live in that community, but you like doing that, so just fucking hammer it out and keep doing it. I mean, yeah, there's still a volunteer. There's still a volunteer fire department state pension, so it's not much, but it's it's there, you know. And That's what I'm talking about. You get to help out your community, and you know, see a lot of interesting stuff, and meet interesting people, and doing something for the greater good. Exactly. I mean, be, be being a, being a part of something because even though it's still if it's still a bunch of redneck hillbillies and stuff on your department because. I mean, hell, even at Goldsby, like we're we're all a bunch of deer hunting, beer drinking, fucking rednecks, you know, and you still get to be a part of that. You're you're part of a team. You you have a an objective. You have a goal every time you get called out, and you know that sets that sets the precedent for trying to live your life. You know, you like you. That's what you do. You look for that. You look for that thing, and go for it. And it, it always, anything you do always helps to be part of a team. And, and Discipline and leadership skills. Boom. 
Boom. Boom. Boom goes dynamite. Join Goldsby Fire. Boom. Uh, no, don't. Easy now. As long as you don't take my place, that's fine. Hey, just say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this has been a great episode. Uh, like always, uh, we are here for you. If you need anything, let us know. Reach out. Touch somebody. And as always, stay broken.